This episode of Progressive Rugby League is brought to you by the Boardroom Gentlemen's Club in Gladstone. The Boardroom. When you want to see more than just competition points stripped. Progressive Rugby League. Welcome to the Progressive Rugby League podcast. You're back. You must you must want to listen to this because you're back here listening. Well, we're glad you're here. And of course, the PRL experts are here. Big Al. Hello, Slug. Hello, Jono. And hello, listeners. Happy to be here. <laughs> Jono. Hello, friends and relatives. How are we? Relatives? I'm assuming a couple of our relatives are listening. All right. Or just anyone's relatives, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's relatives good. to someone. That's good news. Look, let's not faff about. Let's get into our PRL round reflections for this week. Um, looking at you, Jono. Sure. Well, uh, the, my round reflections come from viewing the, the round of rugby league that we've just seen. And I think it's a, a good news story because what we're seeing is the very good teams are playing the most attractive footy. So I consider there's two standout teams so far this year, even though the table might not be consistent with that. But the Dragons, obviously, they're top of the table yep. and playing very attractive football. And the Melbourne Storm, while they've had a, a bit of a, a few hiccups here and there, um, the last couple of weeks have been outstanding, breathtaking even. And I think what I'm seeing is the crackdown on the play of the ball is leading to a slightly slower game, which means it's harder to score which means you need to be more creative to score, which is bringing creativity to the fore, mm. which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Like, have you seen a couple of those Melbourne Storm tries over the last couple of weeks? It's been just like yeah. playing yeah. ETS Rugby League. Melbourne have oh. completely changed their like their playing style. They were known for being like just a machine, like just yeah. go through the process cool. and the systems, robotic. Uh, and now they're playing... I mean, there's still that somewhat systematic approach to the way they play but there's these bursts of, of mm. flamboyance and brilliance and it's really it's, it's, it's amazing stuff are we blaming Kronky? Ooh. Uh no I think it's more adaptation to what it's, it's, as John I was saying it's the style of play that's required to get the edge now yeah yeah it's, and it's, I, don't, it would have, I think it would have been the same with the Kronky game's there. evolving in that direction yeah. Yeah. and to yeah. be fair they played a half decent brand of rugby league last year as well but this year I think they're, they're taking it to a, another level yeah and yeah a couple of those tries like I said E.T.'s Rugby League do you remember that game mate I was on the, on the Amiga in 1996 I was waiting for my chance to bring it back to E.T.'s Rugby oh. League uh, but cause uh I think, um, if you'll allow me, uh, the crowd used to make really odd noises. <laughs> At odd times. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ooh, why, why? <laughs> what kind of crowd was, goes, ooh, why, why? Was ET's was Rugby League the one that had Fatty Vorton pop up no, in commentary every no, now and then? that was ARL 96. Ah, right, right. So, no, but ET's Rugby League was a very progressive game because there was, it was very easy to offload. Yep. You know, you'd be running... <laughs> Yeah. And then you could just press uh, Control Alt Right, yeah. and you'd offload the ball, and you could turn offside off, and you could kick it forward. And <laughs> be like, great idea. Turn offside off. It was great. Yeah, yeah. You had a little meter to judge how hard you wanted to exactly. kick it and stuff like that. But anyway, getting back to my original point, being that uh, the the exciting thing is, good teams have to play creative football to win games, yeah. and this is this is not. This hasn't been the norm over the last mm, 10 or 15 years. No, and I'm extremely happy that the game is forcing itself in this direction mm. almost. And 
I've, I've sort of linked it to the crackdown that play the ball. I, I believe yeah. that that might be the reason. So you've got to give credit to the referees and the, the game for initiating it and just slowing that game down just a fraction yeah. because if it's too fast, then all you've got to do is run a dummy half and yeah. you know all that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, well done. And I would say just uh, if we go back a couple of episodes, we, we spoke about your panic during the Easter break. I was panicking. The game is, I can't take this anymore because of the penalties, etc., etc. Yeah. Referees held a heart, kept a hard line and now we're seeing it start to bear some yeah. delicious, juicy fruit. Look, you're right. Look, and I admitted at the time I panicked yeah. uh, and I'm not proud of that. But here we are uh, a few weeks later and hopefully, hopefully it's not one of those things that the refs forget about it in a couple of weeks' time and then we get back to the, the roll, the ball through the, through the legs and it becomes too fast. Yeah. Yeah, great. Big Al, what's your round reflection this week? So, fellas, my round reflection uh, comes off the back of we just had Anzac round. So that's there's, there was Anzac ceremony uh, throughout uh, as the pre-game for every single game across the round. And, of course, the highlight of Anzac round is the game on Anzac Day between St. George and the Roosters. Yep. Sure. So everything about this game, uh, in terms of the, when it was played, what the, the public had to do the next day, and how difficult or inconvenient it was to get to the ground reflected a Sunday afternoon so we're talking about it was a public holiday with in the middle of the week it was a Wednesday into a regular Thursday everyone had to go to work the next day all public transport was operating on a Sunday slash public holiday timetable uh, it was it was the equivalent of a Sunday afternoon yet we managed to get 41,000 people to the ground it was a I think the Dragons played really well. The Roosters were a bit off but still there was it was, it was close to a sellout yeah. on the equivalent of a Sunday afternoon how come rugby league has no issue attracting huge crowds to specific events? Yet yeah. uh, the round in like the, the home, standard home and away of the, of, throughout the premiership really struggles to attract. You know, if you get fif- over fifteen, that's a that's a really good crowd. I'm just looking for some insight here, fellas. What is it that that, that makes the Sydney going public only respond to a, a sense of occasion rather than? You're week in, week out. Well, I, I, I think to mirror what you've said in previous episodes, it's because it's so bloody difficult to get anywhere mm. that there's got to be a real sense of it being important to make people want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So does that mean then? Obviously, we need to make every single game feel more important. So what are we going to do? <laughs> how, how, what is the next round? Let's make every game worth 10 points yeah. instead of two. <laughs> how about that? How are you going to make Titans v Bulldogs like a, a, an ultra special event for people. Yeah, obviously, if you made every game important, then there's there's going to be no importance to individual games. So, they're relatively speaking, they won't be any more important. No, but then than you each just other. make the important games extra, oh, extra important. important. Okay. So it's like having sending every email on high priority, but the ones that actually are a high priority flag red as well for urgent. Right. And then, well, is the answer to go back through history and find kind of military anniversaries? That could oh, be it. Yeah. To, put, to put on. Well, I, think, each I, I think I think that's selling the Australian public short. I'm sure we respond to things other than uh, military-related. Yeah, uh, anniversaries. anniversaries. What about like Australian Idol-related anniversaries, right. like the yeah. anniversary of Guy Sebastian? Yeah, Angus Angus brought me here round. When did When did Ned Kelly get hang, hung? Yeah, that could be one. Bit, uh, could again, be it's still got a, such a yeah. know, militant theme to it. Can't yeah. we think of something? Uh, what been, about What about uh, um, the day Harold Holt? Disappeared. Like disappeared. Well, again, yeah, someone, someone dying. Can we get away from that? <laughs> okay, uh, no, no, no. something happened. Um, oh, the Federation. When the first that's nugget January, that was January. Well, maybe we extend the season or start it early. Yeah, yeah. A, 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 a Federation game. What about when the first nugget was found in the gold rush? How about that? That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't mind that. Was that dated? Someone would have dated that. 
Yeah. Or the first, uh, we can say the first, I don't know, Italian to come to Australia. That can be Italian round. Yeah. The first <laughs> Hey, it's yeah. Italian yeah. round. It's progressive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, just explorers, you know, yeah. when... Um, uh, no? A bit Anglo invasion oh, yeah. kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. Fair well, okay, so then is there, some, is there an Indigenous celebration? Because yes. we've all acknowledged that we, that, that we don't feel uh, mainstream Australia embraces the Indigenous culture enough. There's got to be some sort of... Barangaroo round. Barangaroo round. Barangaroo round. round. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, we'll jot all these down and send them, send them through to NRL headquarters. Yeah. And any other recommendations, listeners, please, yeah. friends of PRL, let us know. Well, not yet. Yeah. So we're not just talking rounds. We need... Special rounds and then eight individual reasons inside those <laughs> rounds for the games to be special for 26 rounds. So that's eight uh, times 26, yeah. whatever that is. We need, we need uh, plenty of ideas and fast. Yeah, we've got uh, about three so far. <laughs> All right, my round reflection is just very quickly. Um, Daily Cherry Evans, he's had a bad week. He's been fined. Mm. He's uh, caught up in the Hastings in Brulio. Uh, his side got beaten by the Knights. And as the final siren goes, he decides to dig a finger into one of the Knights players' eyes. Oh, what? So, what? um... Uh, I, 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 I'm not aware of this story. Yeah, please, yeah. please. Little, little eye gouge in the last tackle of the game as the final siren goes. For reasons best explained by DCE, which I doubt he will, I've no idea. Like, uh, I've never been frustrated enough to want to jam a finger in someone's eye. Mm. So, sorry... Daily Cherry, Cherry Evans, I gouged someone. Yes. But he wasn't wow. charged, though. And that's he was on, not that's charged. That's on video? Yeah, it was cleared today. Wow. How did I, how did I miss that? I'm not Sorry. Sure. Right. You're still upset by the Tigers' loss last week that you had Yeah. <laughs> I've refused, refused to watch any. But um, just the fact that the Knights player mm. um, didn't make a big deal of it. Right. He's kind of going, yes, I've got a finger in the eye. My, my corner is separated. <laughs> But who was the Knights player? I don't remember. It was a, uh, one of the headgear fellows. It might have been Bureau. Oh, Bureau. Uh, yeah. Possibly Bureau. I think Ponga. One, one of the head, he's, headgear. He's in a group. Now, you know if it was Ponga, that would have been a big deal. Well, he, 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 Poor old Bureau. He for some reason, at the, no 70, cares. at the 70 minute mark, Bureau. Ponga just lost his headgear and said, don't need that anymore. That's yeah. gone. I don't know why. Like, why, well, I mean, why, why wear headgear for 70 minutes and take it off the last Well, it's all for dramatic effect. That's probably the equivalent of, um, of Hulk Hogan ripping off his singlet when he makes oh, his power right. comeback in, in the ring. So that's when... Kalen Ponga enters beast mode, flings <laughs> off the headgear, and it's on. I thought you were going to say it's psychological. He's telling Manly, this this game isn't even worth it anymore. <laughs> even this isn't even a real game anymore. Well, I mean, Jamie Brewer also has some perspective. He's got two eyes. He's got two eyes. That's you know, true. He's got one left after the gouge, so he's just... He understands. But, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess he just... You know, there's, there's nothing in it for my team for me to stay down at the end of the game. The final yep. siren's gone. I'm not going to make a big deal of it. Yeah. So um, that's a very Newcastle attitude, I think. Yeah, just get right. on, just tough that's it right. out. That's well, that's it. that's very uncool, DCA. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Go back and have a look at the video. It's I, uh, I pretty blatant. What we're seeing happening around with with DCE, like everybody always acknowledged that DCE was kind of like a politician in that he'd never he was very careful about how he chose his words and he'd say things that would allow him to say one thing but act in another way and then justify it, like you know the the Titans backflip, for example. Um, but he'd never exhibited any kind of behaviour that that um, gave anybody enough fuel to sort of go after him, I suppose. And I think we're just starting to see a couple of threads get pulled at, yeah. at that, um, you know, brand safe, there I go again with mm. my marketing, but that brand safe player that he's built. Um, well, 
Why did he get what... cleared? If it, was it an eye gouge, though? If he got cleared... Uh, I... I watched it live and said, that's an eye gouge. Yeah. But I guess maybe the fact that the player didn't react... Right. ...overly dramatically kind of helped clear it. But it was definitely finger-eyeball contact. Goodness. Yeah. Well, that's a listeners, I'd like your thoughts on that. I, I wonder... I wonder what it was. I'm never going to see it. Is, is there it's a brain snap. It's a brain snap. Do we have um, information about what the, the bust-up was? Because he, he got fined 10k by Manly Management for decking Jackson Hastings. Mm. Is that uh, oh, no, they broke curfew because they, they went to curfew. a strip club. Yeah, the boardroom. Uh, the the boardroom, board yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think him fighting with Hastings is a separate issue almost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there a gouge involved in that fight, I wonder? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> what happens in the boardroom stays in the boardroom. Yeah, right. And I know it's not very progressive to talk about people's looks, but I, I can't take my eyes off Daily Cherry Evans' neck. Whenever, whenever I see it, is so it luscious? It's, it's just long. It's just <laughs> the longest neck I've ever seen on a football player. I suppose the reason I notice it is because football players usually have next to no neck whatsoever. Mm. So it's what, imagine wide, if, though, isn't it? Imagine if you can combine the neck of Cherry Evans with like the jaw of Nathan Cleary. Oh wow! That would be a, one <laughs> one long. We can build a Frankenstein. <laughs> we should build our perfect rugby league player one week. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Good idea. Well done, fellas. The um, hair of Mahe Fanua. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and the teeth as well. Have you seen those bad boys? No, I think he's got he's Jobless. got like a, he's got like a grill. What about um, Mariner? His hair as yes, well. Yes, Mariner. Fatua Mariner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to the mailbag. And before we uh, delve into what's actually in there, I did receive an email during the week. Okay. From a young fellow called Jono Duncan. And he sent me... Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) That's you. Oh, my goodness. That's you, Jono. Yeah, it was me. And I've got to be a bit more secretive next time. There was no text in the email whatsoever. It was mm. just a uh, uh, MP3. Okay. And, um, well, you sent it to me, so you know what I'm talking about, but Thank no one else does. And uh, I played it, and here it is. Let's get it on. In the interrupting form. Tell me what's on your mind. And I reply in kind. Let's get progressive. It's PRL mailbag time. It's PRL mailbag time. Well, what did you think, guys? Well, that was very nice. Very nice indeed. Look, it's a it's a theme song. Look, I appreciate your vim and vigor. I'm addicted to writing PRL mailbag theme songs. Oh, so we can Excellent. expect some maybe more. We'll have uh, a new one each week. Oh, uh, maybe not every week. Maybe, maybe once a month. Okay. I get it'll, the, be, it'll be it'll be updating like every time Apple updates its iOS software. Yeah, yeah. PRL mailbag song. I mean, last week uh, I tried for the young audience, urban urban beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a bit, yeah. Of, bit of rap style. Yeah. Uh, this week I thought it'd be a bit more soulful. Yeah. For, get the you know, mm, that's, the that's lover fine. audience. That's fine. I love, lover audience. <laughs> I, love, I love a new theme. Sure. It's going very well. 
Alright, so... Well, more importantly, was there anything in the mailbag this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of... It smelt a lot. So I kind of... Did you scratch yourself with it? (laughs) I didn't. I didn't want to be anywhere near it. So I've got one of those... You know one of those grabber things where you kind of pull the handle and it does a pincher claw thing? Yeah, yeah. I I stuck that in the bag and pulled a letter out. And it's from a friend of the show, Matt and Her. Hey, Matt and Her. He's um, saved our bacon once again in the question department. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that, Matt and Hugh. He asks, how does the NRL attract more female followers to the most progressive game of all? What a a glorious question. It's a great question. And look... It's a tough one, isn't it, really? Is it? Yes, it, well, it's not easy. Let's put it that way. I mean, I think, first things first, we have to acknowledge that we're breaking fundamental rule number one, and that is to get a few guys in a room <laughs> and talk about how to get women to the game. Yeah. So, obviously, they need to be involved in any strategy. Yeah. yeah. Okay? We need to ask them what sh- they want. I should have asked the slugget before <laughs> I got here, so apologies for that. So, I mean, that's probably the key. Ask them what they want and what they think would bring them into the game yep. uh, I think we need to provide a game that they want to be a part of You know, from the grassroots if you're a mum all the way to a game day experience so if you're at the game I mean we've all been at games where you know things are said that are just very unprogressive mm, yes. and uh, it makes you squirm it's, let alone yeah. uh, you know, someone new to the game Absolutely. who might be a woman um, so I think it really is uh, root and branch stuff that we have to ask women what makes them uh uncomfortable about the game yeah. and we have to be honest with ourselves are we part of that problem uh, and then go from there but are you are you saying that we have to wait until we reach a point where the game's evolved mm. to a progressive enough stage mm. so that undesirables aren't part of the crowds anymore no I mean undesirables are welcome I mean, we're, we're very inclusive. Um, but well, I would say... The undesirables. I, I would have liked to have had a uh, little, small committee meeting on that before... before <laughs> no, well, the undesirables just have to temper themselves enough right. to not ruin it for everyone. Yeah, I the mean, only- they can be unre- undesirable in their own time, but when they're amongst the public, surely even undesirables can yeah. uh, remain, you know, tactful. And the only thing that makes a, a fan undesirable is their behaviour at the game. Yeah. So uh, as long as they realise that that sort of behaviour is yeah. not... Those things aren't acceptable to be said in the you know in a public forum. Yeah. Then there'll be no undesirables. Everyone will be desirable. So who's explaining it to them? Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> this podcast isn't this why we created this thing? <laughs> I, I suppose so. Is it getting in the right ears though? That's my question. Well, no. the, the problem is this is what one of my criticisms of progressivism of the moment. And that is, um, progressives often put themselves above the rank and file mm, people, and yeah. I don't want us to no, be that type no, of progressive. No. So if there are, let's quote-unquote say, undesirables, well, let's explain it to them. Hey, we don't think what you're doing is right. How about you try this? Instead of going, we're better than you, we want you out. Yeah, I think think what's really important here is not to to create an us and them. So if we say uh, you're uh, you're doing this, therefore you're not progressive or you're unprogressive or you're some sort of hideous antisocial Luddite, then that's just going to reinforce their behaviour, which is not what we want to do. Which is fine, because it will be elsewhere, though. (laughs) Well, no, we still need crowds, though. I suppose. Well, I suppose we're getting away from the uh, central question about bringing women to the game. What do you think, Big Al? Uh, I think a a lot of it's got to do with, and again, not being a woman myself, um, and making quite a a leap of... um, you know, faith that I have, that I know what women want, which is not true at all. Uh, but yes, we obviously need to engage the wider female sports-loving community about what is it that that would make the game for them. But I think 
rugby league probably suffers from an ultra macho physical um, aspect to it. So I think a lot of women probably would think, well, what actually is in that game for me? And I, yeah. think, I think the answer lies in participation. Right. So I've said it before, making the connection that playing Oztag, playing touch, which have huge female participation numbers, is playing a, a form of rugby league. Yep. Yeah. Um, but also something that we haven't spoken about on this on this podcast is the launch of the women's competition, I think will also bridge that gap. So this, this will show women that are playing uh, at a semi-professional level, like they're being paid for this. Mm. Um, these are normal, everyday, capable women doing this, playing this fantastic game mm. uh, and showing that it is a sport for everybody. You can play all... all um, like genders or physical abilities can play this game and really enjoy it and it is actually for everyone yeah well we often focus on the toughness of rugby league and the the collisions but something we don't focus on and one something that could be more attractive to other non-rugby league fans is the athletic nature Mm. of rugby league it's Yes, it is a tough physical game, but you also have to be incredibly fit. It's a great workout. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And I, I think on that as well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we've launched, the NRL is going to launch a, a touch premiership. Oh, fantastic. Um, featuring touch teams from NRL teams, and they'll yep. be curtain raisers. To, oh, good. So we'll actually have, I mean, I don't know if anybody here has actually watched professional touch, but um, back in the old days of when Channel 10 had 1HD and were showing any kind of sport they could, they had col- uh, American college touch football. Oh, wow. It's out of control. It, it is the fastest thing I've ever seen. I've and seen I only saw, on I, TV, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing just how quickly this game goes. Yeah. It's a great spectator. It's, it's a great spectacle. Yeah. Um, and I think including that as part of the, the overall game day experience and aligning it with clubs will, again, just try to bridge that mental gap, that build that bridge mentally that touch football is rugby league football. Yes. It's for everybody. Yeah. So I think what we've come to the conclusion is that, firstly, we have to ask them what they think. Yeah, good. Step <laughs> one. Step, step one. one. But also, participation is key. Uh, and just, yeah, looking at ourselves and, and wondering what we could do better. All right. Well, so can I just quickly ask you then, the, the things that you just said need to happen there are yeah. quite sort of fundamental structural things. Yeah. Do you think, because they'll take time, do you think in the meantime, the NRL should uh, try something a little more gimmicky oh, okay. to attract females? Or do you think that's you, you kind think of... you think like an a, a updated Tina Turner sexy football com- football player ad Yeah, well, I'm not advocating this because I think, like, you know, mm. I, I imagine it would be viewed cynically. Yes. But do you mm. think, do you think that, um, that's something that they should try? Or just, you know, put in the hard work now and bide your time? Well, the problem with trying to do something short-term and gimmicky is uh, the risks of just blowing up in your face and yeah. just mm. being seen straight through. Yeah. Uh, so like so firefighters, shirtless firefighters, <laughs> for example, instead of cheerleaders, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's, uh, that's not the way to go. No. Uh, th- I mean, we're going to talk about cheerleaders one day here and mm. whether it's progressive yes. rugby yeah. league, but we'll say that for another week. But if we don't think cheerleaders are progressive, then... Then firefighters, shirtless firefighters, are not progressive. So, um, <laughs> says you, John. <Johnny. laughs> so, anyway. firefighter round. Have we thought of that? Firefighter <laughs> round. That'll probably get the, the men in uniform round. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, look, I think it's got to be a long-term strategy. Mm. You can't bother with. Short-term I, I would agree with that. Short-term commit, you'll just blow away credibility, and you need that. Yep. Very good. And there's the mailbag for this week. Thanks, Matt and her. Uh, other people. 
very welcome to send us questions. Mm-hmm. You can do that by sending an email to progressiverl at outlook.com. They are all lowercase letters, progressiverl at outlook.com. Or look for Progressive Rugby League on Facebook and Twitter. You can talk to us. We're, we're waiting. We're happy to Any talk. Any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're there. All right. Should we get some international rugby league update? Yeah, we should. Oh, we should. Uh, Jono, theme song? Um, oh, no. <laughs> only for the mailbag segment. Well, let down. I feel let down. All right, so we'll start with... Let me the, work on it. We'll start with the French rugby league update. And, fellas, we have movement at the bottom of the table of the Super League oh, because... Wow. Greg Bird's Catalans Dragons had another win over the weekend against Hull FC in a nail-biter, 25-24. to 24. So, Seal with a field goal. Oh, fantastic. And what this means, my friends, is Catalans is now outright second last. So, yes. off oh, the bottom. Nice. Still still definitely in that relegation red zone, but sure. still off the bottom. Um, otherwise, uh, back in the in the lower championship, I mean, the darlings of PRL, Toulouse Olympique and Toronto are again flying. So, Toulouse Olympique absolutely smashed... David Brent's Swinton Lions, 68-8, to eight, absolute thwalloping, uh, and Toronto trounced Halifax, 42-10. to 10. So, again, big wins from our two favourite teams. Oh, it's an absolute trouncing. <laughs> yeah, the Swinton lot didn't like that at all. Uh, and so what that means at the top of the championship ladder, we've got, uh, every, there's no equal first, seconds or thirds, everyone's outright in their position. Uh, like Toronto, that. outright first on 21 points. Featherston, outright second on 20 points. Gee, they've shot up. They have. Toulouse, outright third on 18, and London, outright fourth on 16. So that's, like like we say it every week, but that top four is just, isn't it? Dynamite. It's shaping up into a wonderful championship. You've got two international teams, uh, the European capital, and then your local Featherston to keep it it real as well. So still in touch of of, of the roots of the championship. I I was getting in touch with my international rugby league uh, overnight, and I noticed in League One, which is the division below championship, um, I think they're called the York City Knights yep. or something. They won 144 to nil <laughs> against uh, West Wales. I think the West Wales Wanderers or something, yeah. uh, which is a record for English rugby league. 144 nil for me. You know, I wasn't that excited by that scoreline. So a record for internet for English rugby league, but not a record for world rugby league. I think oh. that, I think in the uh, uh, Victorian subdivision back in the mid nineties, there was a two hundred plus to nil scoreline somewhere in there. Wow, I wonder oh. what the maximum amount of points you can fit into a game of rugby league if, if you if you like you know yeah. score off every kickoff. Yeah, I, I'd say about two hundred points is the maximum. Yeah, exactly. Off. If the, if the Kangaroos are playing against a team of three-year-olds, for example. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't get beyond 200 points. But. Well, if every single try was an eight-point try, you'd, you'd <laughs> yeah, factor that true. in there. I mean. That's true. <laughs> and if you were West Wales, you would mm. feel a strong need for alliteration, wouldn't you? You could that's be the, right. the West Wales dingoes or whatever. Not that you'd be dingoes in Wales, but you'd, yes. you'd feel obliged to have a W. Well, I have to double-check what the mascot is for West Wales. Maybe next week we'll, we'll confirm that, but... You know, it was a disappointing loss for West Wales, who'd apparently been improving over the previous few weeks. <laughs> How disheartening. Um, also, on the, the, the Toulouse-Swinton uh, game, in terms of uh, we've got the scoreline, Toulouse had a, had a grand day out and Swinton got thumped, but Swinton were very progressive in their handling of that match, or perhaps it was Toulouse, but free entry. Oh, So free entry for everybody. Well done. Didn't charge a gate. Good on them. I don't know what the crowd was. I really 
I should have researched that before raising this point, but still, I think it's a wonderful move. Well, it was some. It's engaging. Oh, none. So that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so further on in the International Rugby League, uh, I have great news, people. Yeah. Talk to me. Chile. Oh. Chile have been granted entry to the qualifiers for Rugby League World Cup 2021. Wow. So they'll be battling out with the USA and Jamaica for a spot. That's so exciting. It so reminds me, a year ago, I think you and I went to Henson Park for the Chile versus El Salvador test match, mm-hmm. uh, which was the lead up to a Newtown game. And, and Chile were very impressive. Yeah, they, they had it all over El Salvador, so they might be uh, you know, a useful team in that qualifying series. Yep, and that's just a shout-out to the Latin Heat, which is um, they're an Australian-based rugby league organisation, we'll say, that's just all about cultivating rugby league in Latino, South American mm. uh, communities throughout Australia and also actually in South America as well. So uh, I don't know if it's true, but I'd say a lot of that is down to the hard work that those guys have been doing. Yeah, so sure. thank you, Latin Heat. We salute you. Sponsored by Guzman and Gomez. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty big sponsorship for them to have, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I guess any kind of sponsorship is big for them. But yeah, it's <laughs> Maybe it's not sponsored brand. by head office. It might be just sponsored well, by the by franchise. Branch. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's the company. HQ. Uh, yeah. Well done. I don't know. Is, is Guzman and Gomez franchised? I know there's multiple it, locations, it, but I well, thought it was all owned by one. Uh, look, we might look into that and, get, and provide. All right, so we'll have a week. franchise update next week as well. Um, that's, Marketing section. That's what's happening in the world of international rugby league. Well, it just goes to show, too, that once you play on Henson Park, you take it's, that experience with you yeah. everywhere else it's you go. It's the magic right? dust in, yeah. the, in that grass. Absolutely. Um, is that it for the updates this week? That's it. That's all we've got. Oh, look. Feel good after updates. Me too. It's <laughs> wholesome. Um, let's finish off our episode this week, fellas, with our PRL moments of the week. I'm going to throw it over to you, Jono. Sure. Well, I mean, my PRL moment of the week. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I'm going to talk about a rival rugby league podcast. Uh, and I, to be honest, I don't listen to other podcasts besides this. But my girlfriend was listening to a podcast the other day, and she said you should try it out. And um, it's called Ladies Who League, and, and I think this is linked to what we were talking about before, about getting more females interested in the game. And I, I think it's great to hear uh, of a, a female-initiated rugby league podcast. They're not just tokens hosting a coverage or tokens on the sideline uh, that you might find elsewhere in rugby league land. These ladies are taking control, and they seem to be very interested in the game. And I say good luck to them, and we salute you. Yeah, I, I, that's a very popular podcast and is in top charts whenever Great. I've seen it. I um, I have intended to listen for weeks. Yep. And um, keep forgetting because I'm a sort of strange old man. But that's yeah. Well, may may this be the week that uh, you listen to it yeah. for the first time? It's it's a very good podcast. And uh, look, to be honest, it's not quite as good as this one. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's only because I'm well, biased. Very few. I, w- I was going to kind of go back to you saying that you only listen to this one do you think do you think maybe um that's kind of shortening your your scope a little in terms of uh of of what's out there and and you know what we could be doing to to um get onto that rugby league podcast well i don't want to i don't want to soil my my mind i want to try to keep ideas fresh you know because i'm a bit of a i'm a parrot so the risk is that i'll just impersonate other people you're like one of those musos who doesn't want to listen to anyone else in case they subconsciously pick up a riff exactly and steal it because did you know mick jagger once wrote a song and he played it to keith richards and it was basically a ripoff of uh, KD Lang's Constant Craving. You know, that's oh, sort of right. thing. I, I could be 
I could come into this podcast and give you a constant craving, and I don't want to do no, that. No, so yeah. I try to keep it fresh. We'll just keep the cravings to rugby league information. That's right. Yeah. And you did mention cookies. Speaking of craving, where are they? Uh, <laughs> yes. They're coming. They're coming. All right, all right. I'm on snacks. Still baking. Sorry. Still baking. I'm on snacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my, uh, my my progressive moment of the week, uh, um, it's pretty straightforward. But again, it's the Anzac Day crowd. It was yes. healthy. It was on the Sunday afternoon equivalent. And actually, crowds throughout Anzac round, even the ones that were actually on Sunday, so the Parramatta Tigers game, had some pretty decent crowds. There was almost 18,000 there, which... Like, let's be honest, getting to ANZ Stadium when there's not a huge event on to, to warrant the public transport links, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's difficult it's, to get yeah, there. Yeah, not, so not a bad crowd, considering Parramatta hadn't been yeah, doing Parramatta too well. Yeah, Parramatta only won one game for the season, so imagine, I mean, we all know that the Tigers are going to be right up there uh, back into the season. It's, mm. it's going to happen. If Parramatta continue to do well, I mean, they're not going to see each other again for the rest of the year until the finals, if they're both there, mm. hopefully. Um, but if those two teams, two big Western Sydney teams are doing well and made it into the stadium, you would have doubled that crowd. So. Can I quickly ask, Big Al, because last week you mentioned how difficult it was for you once the Tigers lost to consume rugby league content post mm. that loss. How did you go yesterday? You know, my Parramatta Eels got on top of your yeah, West Tigers. Mm. How did you feel after that? We've got a long way into this episode without mentioning the mm. big... Yeah, John o, well, Big yeah the, big, the big showdown. Well, we've already had it. We had a showdown in round three, and no one seemed to mention that. Said, why <laughs> no, why is this one a big deal? <laughs> no, okay. So it was. Uh, so people have asked me, "Oh, did you enjoy the game?" It was a seesawing affair. To be honest, I like I didn't enjoy the game because I was just riddled with anxiety the whole time. But I couldn't tell if it actually was a good game or not. Sure. Um, I was too just blinded by yeah nerves and and just. I, I would have rather when it was about halfway through the second half all I wanted to do was just leave and like just know the result without having to yes. watch it I, I, fast forward yeah, time just, just, please just tell me what's going to happen so I don't have to live through this win or lose it was just a horrible experience for me so but, I don't know was it a good game I, I, <laughs> was it a high quality affair I'm loath to ask this question but mm. I think we're at a point where we might need to Big Al is your relationship with rugby league healthy <laughs> It's a good question. I've been thinking the same thing. Wow. I think with rugby league, yes. And I think with the Tigers, it's it's similar to to Jono. If the Tigers are doing well, no, my my relationship is not healthy because I expect them to win. And if they don't, I feel dead inside. Mm. But if they're doing terribly and I don't expect anything, then it's great. Like, I can watch them lose and be like, oh, that's a shame. We'll get them next time. Is this like one of those relationships where you you know you're bottom? buddies with a toxic partner yeah and you just go oh look when's he gonna yeah so the friends are like should we say something yeah where um what's the what's the term like me and the tigers are codependent is that, is that well, the is that the term we're looking for well I, i'm, I'm just, not, not sure about the tigers but you might be <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> it's just do do we don't we're worried and we don't want to get to uh, an intervention point i guess well, i think I, i'll tell you what I've, I've come a long way it's still um, it still affects me. Like I don't like seeing them. If I don't know what's going to happen, and it's a game that's on the like edgy seat sort of stuff, I can't really enjoy it. But mm. I do accept the results completely at the end. Like I don't. Yeah. Oh, that was not fair. What a load of crap! Like I don't. I don't yeah. swear and yell or anything. I just like once it's done, it's like that's actually really fine. It's done. Great. Yeah, I don't have sure. to watch the result happening. I just know. Yeah, that's it. And you then just, you know, and then it, then it's done. Like it's done for the rest of the. Yeah, you just feel the way you feel. You don't look for excuses. You don't try and rewrite history. You just yeah. feel it. It just goes to show you're on a progressive rugby league journey, and it's we're all on that journey yeah. at different stages. And I think and I think you're on the way. I'll tell you, what, yeah. I think there's a lot of people. So we were speaking about undesirables earlier, sure. and they their their behaviour that's you know warranted, and they say things that are just not just not on, not on. And I fully understand how if you didn't if you weren't 
if you didn't agree about what was and what wasn't acceptable to say in public, and you add in the passion of your football team, I, I get how it's not easy. I get how those things go out there, but you know, this is a call to everybody: be a bit more aware. But try, like you said, it's really easy to be negative and to be angry and to pick out the bad things. We've all got to try to be better people. That goes not just for, as we relate to rugby league, but as we relate to the world. Come on, people, let's wise let's words. put in some effort. Let's do it. Wise we words. could make this such a great place. Yeah. It's a crazy old world. <laughs> it's got to be a lyrics, lyrics in there for next time. Absolutely. Uh, uh, very quickly, uh, my PRL moment of the week was just simply the Sharks-Titans game mm. and the fact that we had a bit of a, a field goal off. Mm. We had... Um, so, so Sharks scored a field goal. Sure. Uh, before half-time, which put him seven in front. And then uh, at the back end of the game, scores got... Uh, nearly tied up and then Titans kicked a field goal to tie up with the Sharks field goal nine each yeah and the Sharks had to kick another field goal yeah. over the top three field goals is that progressive? well here's why I think it's progressive mm. because it almost reminded me of something of, of something that I loved what's that? kicking jewels oh, oh, oh yeah well kicking oh. jewels <laughs> those were the days now back in the good old days yeah the reason I, it's progressive is because it, it gave me it gave me a quite nice feeling to ref, to go down that nostalgic path of kicking jewel Dal Shearer oh who can forget that bloke couldn't resist a kicking jewel <laughs> I remember um, that origin kicking jewel yeah one of the best do you think there'll ever be a time when kicking jewels will come back uh, not in my lifetime uh, I would love to see it. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Maybe in the in the lower grades. Maybe maybe the women's game can pioneer it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Or uh, the- yeah, you'll have to forgive my ignorance on this. I don't actually understand. I know what it is, but I don't understand why it would ever happen. What is the well, field, I think field from if from getting the the receiving fullback? What advantage could he possibly have by giving possession back to the other team? Because so so that you don't get pinned down deep in your own territory. Yeah. Might and, be a, a and, muddy yeah, field, or potentially, yeah, make an error, lose the ball. So the idea is to give the ball back to the uh, to the opposing team deep in their yeah. half and try Force and an get. Four. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's it's 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 that's progressive, isn't it? Because yeah, you, yeah. You, you know you're thinking outside the box, risk, yeah. and you it's a risky outcome. That's right. It's um yeah sure yeah look uh, we my, found our way to progressive my progressive my, the progressive element of my um, thought there was tenuous. I'll admit, <laughs> but look. That's what it's. That's what stuck in my mind this week. I liked it, um, fellas. Let's wrap it. Okay, there okay. for now. Um, once again, it's been a pleasure. And people get in contact with us. Share it. Share it. Put a little progressiveness in someone's life. Uh, by all. See ya. See y'all in rugby league. We trust. Boom. <laughs>